Go. Hey, Husky fans. Welcome back to Fourth and Inches of Husky Podcast. I'm Trevor. Jake. And I'm like Rain Man, and he's like the glove. <laughs> the supersonics. Yeah. You're probably more like the Rain Man, because at one point you could dunk. Long, long time ago. Yeah. I can get down on an eight <laughs> like, foot. Like, like that time I dunked on you. Jake, stop. We're not going to start the podcast <laughs> off with you lying to people. <laughs> it's not a lie. It's fact. It happened. I have witnesses. Who? A bunch of Navy guys that I'll never ever see in my life ever again. They won't remember. <laughs> and it didn't happen, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Washington took care of business, beat Arizona State, got one step closer to holding the overall record against them. Next up's BYU. Jake, who's your MVP? I'm going to actually say Browning. Uh, as critical as I have been of him early in the year, I think he threw the ball around, got to different targets. He didn't overthrow a lot of people. Uh, a couple of deep, you know, crossing routes he hit right on the belt. He looked really, really – he looked like 2016 Browning to me. He didn't have the touchdowns, but his arm – yeah, and his arm was there, man. He looked really, really good. Yeah, there were a couple of throws where he got behind it and he was actually throwing with some pace. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the catch to Ty Jones was pretty unbelievable, wasn't it? Dude, is that guy ever going to stop doing that? It, it seems like once a week that guy is making a play to bet one-up himself from the week before. That was a pretty cool one. Apparently he ran the wrong route and Browning kind of adjusted mid, mid-throw mid and made just a perfect right-over-his-shoulder beauty. Well, it, it looked to me like like Jones – tripped on his on himself and when he was going down he adjusted his body enough to be able to make that catch it was the perfect throw there was no other throw with jones running the wrong route with him tripping on himself falling down there's no other throw than right where browning put it to score that touchdown did you think he made the catch when he when i saw it lifetime yeah yes oh i thought he dropped it did you oh yeah Every time I see Ty Jones get a hand on the ball, I think he's caught it. Right. Yeah, so my MVP was definitely Ben Burkirvin. He's my MVP, man. I hate you for that. 20 tackles. He filled the stat sheet, but it was an impressive 20 tackles. He wasn't getting pushed back. My two favorite plays were one of them was actually an Arizona State touchdown right after he met Benjamin at the top and stuffed him. That was a good play. Yeah, and then he did it again. Unfortunately, Benjamin didn't have the ball. (laughs) But still, he was flying around, and he looked really, really good. He looked really strong, and he looked a lot faster than last week. I'm still seeing times where he's he's hitting people just before the line to gain, and they're falling forward on him. With my middle linebacker in my perfect world, I'm getting a guy that's standing or running back up and driving him backwards. As recruiting keeps going up, you're going to find those guys. Yeah. But right now, Ben Burkirvan, it's Ben Burkirvan in the middle, and there's not a ton behind him that you're really excited about. Yeah, we, and we haven't really seen a lot of DJ Beavers this year, really. Is he hurt again, do you think? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm assuming he is. That kid can't stay healthy after he played really well when he got to play his freshman year. 
Yeah. So one really impressive thing about Denver Kervin filling the stat line is uh, the second most tackles on the team was Greg with seven. And he had 20. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's what a middle linebacker is supposed to do. You're supposed to be the guy that leads your team in tackles. If your free safety is leading your team in tackles, you're in trouble. You're Oregon State. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, was I wrong about them. (laughs) Jake, what's your other guy? So we decided from now on we are going to have a UW offensive MVP and we're going to have a Nickelback or Creed MVP, which basically means it is the person from the other team that we think helped us the most, which means they're like a Nickelback for music or a Creed for music. They shouldn't be there, but somehow they made it. Uh, Mine, personally for this week, is Manny Wilkins. The guy got rattled by our defense and absolutely overthrew every one of his receivers repeatedly. The guy helped us out more times than he should have. Yeah, and I I would agree that, you know, Manny Wilkins is probably that guy. Uh, We were putting seven in the box. That left us a lot of guys out in coverage. But his receivers didn't super-duper help him either. There wasn't a lot of open guys, and when they were open, he missed them. So my pickleback player of the game, of course, would be their receivers. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, what – what came first kind of a thing, a chicken or the egg, you know, right. one didn't help out the other and the other one, when they had a chance to help out, they didn't do it. So, right. You kind of damned both ways, I guess. My nickelback player of the game on the U-dub side would be any receiver not named Ty Jones and Eric Fuller. Uh, Bocelli obviously threw a pick to start the game. Quentin Pounds had a drop. Chico was non-existent. Uh, Everybody not named those two, I thought, had a pretty terrible game. Can we just talk about the dang trick play to start the game? You're not Boise State anymore. You don't need to do stuff like that. You're Washington. You have better players. You you are better than Arizona State, top to bottom. You don't need to start a game out that way. If you're down and and you don't feel like your team has it, then maybe pull that out. But – to open the game against a team that you know you're better than, just set up the run, man. Just go with the run. Yeah, I mean, the the problem with giving the ball to a receiver or any guy that isn't used to throwing the ball is they're going to throw it regardless. Yeah, I mean, they're going for it. Yeah, uh, I remember Dante pulled a couple back, but he's, but every time you give a skill guy or a lineman the ball, they're going to do what they don't usually get to do regardless of what's going on. Yeah. So it wasn't my least favorite, but it also was at the same time. Cause as soon as you saw the guy go back, uh, he didn't bite that sophomore uh, corner. You knew it was going to get picked. Well, and you know, coaches in practice, when they practice that play, they go over, go over that in practice. Hey man, if this guy go, falls back, throw the thing out of bounds. You only have one receiver. And if he's, if he's being covered by one or two, throw it away. Let's live to play another day. But in the moment when you have a receiver that has the potential to go out there and make a play, he's going to try to do it. Exactly. And it's kind of back to what you said about Browning bailing out and 
trying to make something out of nothing is these guys are competitors and they're going to want to try to make plays. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. it's their moment to shine. Right. Did you watch Last Chance You? No. Oh, yeah, there was a play in a really crucial part of the game where the coach called for one of his stud receivers to make a throw, and the the quarterback was not happy about it. And, of course, it didn't work. Uh, yeah, that's that's the kicker, too, man. When, uh, when you need a big play and you don't put the ball in your quarterback's hands, that could, uh, that could really irritate some people. Right. More than just the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyhow, I think overall, the ASU game, I never thought it was in question. Mm-hmm. I thought Washington was absolutely in control the entire game. Their two touchdowns, of course, were off of short fields. And really the last one, even with them coming within a score, I really wasn't that worried about the game. No, you kind of had the same feel this week as you did last week. But the offense played better this week. The offense did play better this week. But, I mean, as far as you never really felt like the game was in jeopardy. Even right. though they even though they pulled it within seven, you still knew that you were going to end up winning this game. Yep. Um, I kind of like the cliche, like, you know, every quarterback, if you get, if you get in their face, you get them rattled, they're going to they're gonna struggle. Like, we kind of saw that cliche come to, come to life on both sides where the offensive line played a fantastic game and Jake Browning was able, like you said, to just step into throws and just dissect the secondary where on the other side, there just wasn't places for Manny Wilkins to uh, exploit because he was under duress. No. And I feel like this was the most Jake has had protection all year. Oh yeah. It seemed like there was five or six plays where Jake was just standing there. Oh yeah. And 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 he's looking for his first read, not there, second read, not there, third read, not there. I'll just hit the check down guy and he'll get a good eight, nine yards. And it right. seemed like he did that four or five times. Right. It's wonderful. That's a great problem to have. Even though you have to throw it down to the check down man, if you have the time to sit there and go through your progressions and none of your guys are open. And just to check it down for an eight, nine yard gain or six or seven, even on first down, that's, that's putting you in such a better field position battle than if you go out there and you take a sack or you throw it away or whatever it is. Right. And Wilkins was the opposite where he was under duress and he was having to go to his check downs uh, before he could get to uh, his playmakers. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't even make a second read before he had to go down to his check down. He literally had to run out of the pocket. It seemed like three quarters of the plays that he, he dropped back. It, I tell you what, though, is Manny Wilkins the most liked guy in the Pac-12 uh, by his opponents? Oh, he's such a good dude. Did you <laughs> did you see when Austin Joyner got knocked on his butt and then Manny Wilkins walked over there, slapped him on his butt and said, hey, man, and said, I hope you're all right. Yep, and he did that last year when um, Jordan Miller broke his leg. Uh, and that was right after they sealed the game. He has enough class to go over, give the guy a handshake because he knows it's part of the fraternity. But man, the way that uh, the opposition treats that guy, uh, I haven't seen many times. Yeah, man, he's a competitor, but he's also a very respected, you know, respectable dude. 
he yeah. uh, he respects the people that he's playing against, and he he respects his teammates. And you gotta you kind of gotta love the kid. How did he end up at Arizona State, man? I, I mean, like I said before, he overthrew a lot of receivers. Yeah, but a kid with that kind of class, with that kind of ethic. I mean, he started as a freshman. He could have. He probably could have had his pick of most of the Pac-12 schools. I I disagree. He, he could, couldn't have come here. I mean, he might have. He could have probably gone to Oregon. I where where's the kid from? Uh, probably California. He could have definitely come here. He would have been able to compete with uh, with Jake Browning as a freshman. Uh, Dude, he's pretty good. He the windows that he was having to to throw through were so small and he's been a very good and underrated quarterback in his career. I think he's been upper echelon. Uh, no, no. Top I, top 6. How did you just go from upper echelon to top 6 just that's like top that? Half, dude. That's not upper echelon. Okay, okay. Okay, top 6. Upper echelon is two top 2 maybe top 3. So is Jake an upper echelon? Jake's not the best quarterback on his team. Shut up. Jacob Jacob Eason. Uh okay, fine. Uh but other than that, uh yeah, probably right now now that Darnold and Rosen are gone, I probably would put Browning as the top three quarterback in the Pac twelve. Maybe I see Wilkins and Browning on that second tier. Uh, I mean, I think that behind you, you have to put you have to put Herbert. Yes. And who else? The ghost of Khalil Tate. <laughs> <laughs> you you could you hold could on. hold on. What about the kid from Utah? I love him. I like Browning more than I like Huntley. I'm kidding. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and maybe he is. I'm you know JT Daniels. Maybe when he graduates from high school. Maybe he'll be up in the upper echelon. Yeah. I like Manny Wilkins. Obviously, you don't. Clearly. Well, apparently I have a grudge against Arizona State for some weird reason. Cause Are I you can't... trying to get them to secede from the union? <laughs> I think them in Texas need to make their own state. Hey, uh, I know that one of those states is totally okay with that. Yeah, one of them wants to. Uh-huh, the Lone Star State. The lo- <laughs> Everything's bigger. That's right. Yeah, I, okay, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I still think Khalil Tate's eventually going to be really good. Uh, Steven Montez has looked good, but I'd still take Browning over him. That's a question that we're probably going to have multiple times this year, depending on the week that Jake had. Yeah, I mean, this week, you could say that he's an upper echelon quarterback against Auburn. <laughs> Which I'm, that's two different. That's two different defenses. You know, it's an SEC defense that's that flies. But, thought, and, but, and but we thought that he played pretty well against Auburn. I don't think he played very well against North Dakota. I don't yeah, think he played no, that's a, well against Utah. You're you're totally right. I know. But he, <laughs> last time I'll admit that today. <laughs> it's kind of early, eighteen minutes. In. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just blew it. Yep. Now, uh, our O-line looked really good, but did you see what Nick Harris did when he got that guy to go off sides, the nose tackle? No. Dude, so the nose tackle hits him, and Nick Harris pops back, stands up, and then, like, 
one point at him, one over his head, like pointed forward for five yards. It was baller. It was all over Twitter. <laughs> I love Nick Harris. Yep. And then the last thing that I'll say about the offense, Kate Otten, his touchdown looked like what you do when you're playing uh, catch with your friend in the backyard where you put two feet together catch it and kind of stumble out of bounds. I thought like the, it's good catch like the referee. You know, I thought about how many times we carried a football with us in college and we'd be in the parking lot just running routes, rando routes, and both of us, every time somebody threw a pass, no matter no matter if there's a line there or not, we always double toe tapped. Oh yeah. It's every time. And he did it and it was awesome. That was a great play. I'm thirty two I'm 32 years old, and if I see a football, I'm double toe tapping. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. <laughs> yeah, we do I, uh, extra hey, man, but really, Browning on that play was a magician. Oh, yeah. You know, extending the play. He had nothing. He extended the play, and he found Kate. He pointed Kate out into the corner said, go there. Cade goes there, and he hits him with an absolute gem. Yep. And good for Cade Otten for catching that ball, too. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. That's all I got for the offense. I thought overall they played well. You got to have another receiver step up if you're going to be dominant. Yeah. I mean, you can't rely on Fuller and uh, and Ty Jones all year. And, and it's always <laughs> – with both of those guys, it seems like it's been – the same thing every week. Fuller is running deep crossing routes, getting a lot of yards, and Ty Jones is just making spectacular catches in the end zone. Yeah. On that Fuller touchdown, his first of the game, if that was from the one, that would have been a 99-yard touchdown. There was nobody around him. <laughs> nobody even sniffed him. It was like the, the picture, there was no Arizona – there was no yellow helmets. Hey, look at who's running across the field. What's he doing? <laughs> Dude, you could have had the band on the field and he was still scoring. <laughs> this is the band on the field! Uh, defense, defense again, was uh, stifling. The only two touchdowns they gave up were on short fields. I just, I just want to take a minute and just say how sorry, continuously sorry I am to Miles Bryant for dogging him oh. before the season started. Because the dude has turned into my favorite defensive player. You even got on some guys on Husky Nation for not putting them on your favorite uh, DB list. Yeah, man. They w- wasn't even favorite. They put a list on Husky Nation asking who was your favorite defensive player so far this year. Miles Bryant wasn't listed. I said, can we give Miles Bryant some love? You got I mean, one the- like and it was mine. <laughs> no. The, well, the guy that posted the question said, hey, man, I can't believe I forgot him. Oh, okay. So, I mean, the, the dude's just flat out balling out this year, and it's fun to watch. I mean, yeah, he's he not – but, but the thing is, is he, he's almost still kind of getting overshadowed by the two outside corners that aren't letting anything up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're, they're so good. Even at some points, Jordan Miller was one-on-one with uh, Nikhil Harry. And still, there wasn't room for Wilkins to get a, a ball in. What I thought you were going to do, and I was going to get mad at you, was you were going to say that you were right about Nikhil Harry not being the best receiver in the Pac-12. This guy looked mediocre. He did not look mediocre. 
his defense, the defense shut him out, and that's fine. But that guy is an NFL guy. The guy was in what five plays all day? He had five. I think it was five catches, something like that. But you saw how good he was on that punt return, even though there was some blocks in the back. He also shed like five or six tackles. There was three block in the backs that the refs missed. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. There were blocks in the backs missed. However, he still shed like four or five blockers. If if he doesn't or, I mean, get tacklers. those, I'm sorry, tacklers. If he doesn't get those three block in the backs, he's he's tackled less than five yards of a punt return. Now, yeah, that play was. That play was really, really nice. He made some really good tack or really good moves and did his thing, but that play should have never happened. Why shouldn't it have happened? Because they should have called block in the back three times or the block in the back shouldn't have happened and he should have gotten tackled. Right. But what I'm saying is the guys that tried to tackle him, he, he shed them like they were children. Sure. And, and yeah. that, you saw how good he was. The fact that he couldn't get balls thrown to him, I think you got to go more to coaching than uh, – or or what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, game prep than his skills because, dude, look at him. Look at the way he plays. That guy is a ball player, and he won't have a game like that again. He's going to – if they, I, they, they play Oregon State this week, he'll have over 150 yards. If you give Saman Ahmed – Three block in the backs without a without a penalty call, he does the same thing. But if guys get a hold of him, he goes down, and Nikhil Harry doesn't. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, he didn't. Yeah, for one play. Yeah, but yeah, he's gonna go off. He he will not have another game like that. Uh, I don't think he's Arizona... never gonna see. He's never gonna see another secondary like. Exactly. I mean that. The, the thing is, is if you go, you have a college. Manny Wilkins probably isn't an NFL guy. Um, so you have a college quarterback trying to throw to an NFL receiver being covered by NF, an NFL secondary. Yeah. Going to win I, that battle. Top to bottom. There's not going to be another school that they played this year that has the depth and the talent that we have in the secondary. Right. And I think Manny Wilkins will be a lot better in different games. Sure. So, did you also see that Elijah Molden was special teams player of the week? I didn't. That's crazy. I uh, I don't. It was too late for me to know who was making the tackles, but that's awesome. <laughs> A little sleepy eyed, dude. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. So I got a new segment. You ready for it? Let's go. All right. It's called This Week in the Pack. You know what the pack? You know what the pack tw- uh, stands for? Pacific. Yeah, you got it. It's the Pac-12. Out <laughs> a kid. Okay. Uh, first headline: Oregon coughed it up. No, 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 no. Oh, what? False. Or Oregon cooed it. Oh. Oh. Wah <laughs> wah. Our two coog listeners are gonna stop listening. <laughs> Oh they no! That verb. Oh no! But did you see they moved up in the polls? <laughs> so you're telling me half of our listening audience is cougars? Yeah, one of my coworkers <laughs> and her husband. Did you see they moved up in the polls? Yeah, despite yeah. losing. Yeah, and well, Washington won, 
and and went down. Yeah, well, that's because our game got over at some ungodly hour on the Pacific coast. So, you know, that means all SEC was already asleep as well. Mm, Yeah. Um, Did Arizona get on track? It sure looked like it. Uh, looked good. Yeah, you know, Khalil Tate still looks nervous when he's not running the ball. Yeah, I, I think his ankle is a little more messed up than that we're being led to believe. Yeah. He needs to do a lot of work to get to my 2000-2000 projection. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> or he's <laughs> he going to need more games. Yeah, like he's going to need to put up some numbers. Did you mean his career? Because I think he's on track. I think, he, yeah, he might be there now. I, he probably, I mean, he had an amazing first year. Uh, but I tell you what, if we had a player draft of our two favorite non-Husky quarterbacks at the beginning of the year, I'd probably still take yours in the 10th round, while mine would probably go on the 11th or 12th. Who was yours? Tyler Huntley. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yours, Mine's... yours is looking a lot better than mine. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one. USC holds on, question mark, to help Clay Helton. Did he get another – was that – does that save his seat a little bit? Uh, you were at home, yeah, and you were down how many? Like 17. Yeah, and it took a miraculous comeback to beat Wazoo. You were USC. You have the cream of the crop. And at home, you're really struggling against a Washington State team that isn't great. Their offense looks pretty good. I thought Yeah, their offense Garner always Minshew, looks good. Yeah, I mean, Garner Minshew, I mean, didn't skip a beat. Uh, Andy has a better mustache than anybody in the Pac-12. Your mustache doesn't give you the right to, the right to go into USC. And beat them. Uh, they USC have... has has so much talent. But did the Cougs coog it? No. They had a chance at the end of the game, dude. Yeah, they did. Well, probably. They were up big. They should have been able to get. They should have put that game most... away. Yeah, that's the most points they've scored on USC in a long time, which is saying something for a Mike Leach offense. But still, that's – I mean, what did they score in the 30s? Yeah. That's not good. I mean, they – yeah, they should have won that game. But besides that, Clay Hilton absolutely needs to get fired regardless of that win. If I was USC – if I was the USC president, I would be so embarrassed to barely beat Wazoo at home. I mean <laughs> – if you're at USC still in the athletic department, I mean, you had Lane Kiffin. I know that was the previous guy who hired Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, and said no to Chris Peterson. And now you've inherited, if you're Lynn Swan, you've inherited Helton. Yeah. You got to look for someone else. However, as a Husky fan, please keep Helton. Yeah. Please, he is, forever, forever. Like he, he's the best coach in the world. <laughs> it's like it's like Pullman keeping Mike Leach. We, yeah. it, it's it's like remember when Pedro told everybody that the Yankees were his daddy. He called the Yankee his daddy. 
really? You don't remember that? No. It was the year that Boston ended up winning the World Series. But earlier, the Yankees smacked him around a little bit. And he said, bend me over and just call the Yankees my daddy. Wow. And that is Mike Leach to us. Well, we know that. (laughs) But if you're USC, dude, you got it. You should be able to pull anybody you want. Yes. It's like the Ohio State effect. Right. Urban Meyer quits Florida. A place that he had won, what, two national championships with? Yeah, and put a lot of guys in jail. You know, he, he, he leaves Florida, you know, takes a couple of years off, and then goes to Ohio State. USC should be able to do the same thing. It's USC. Right. I mean, outside of Saban and Meyer, is there anybody you couldn't get your hands on? I, maybe maybe uh, Herman out of Texas, you couldn't get him. Yeah. I guess, but probably other than that, than the guys that went home, you know, you're probably, you could probably take in, you're not going to get Chris Peterson now. You no. had your chance at that. Yep. And you blew it. That's it. So, you, yep. you could probably, you could probably pry Chip Kelly away from UCLA. Oh, absolutely. And if USC was smart, they would hundred percent do that. Well, and if you're, you're Chip Kelly, that's the perfect spot because you left college because you hate recruiting. So you went to Hollywood where you could not recruit very much, but USC, you wouldn't have to recruit at all. They come to you. Yeah. Yeah. So life's good. Especially especially if you're Chip Kelly too. Yeah. Let's see if the, if he can get that going in the right direction. We're going to talk about that later. Name association time. 730 kick. I'm hating it. Yeah. It seems like it's the regular. Yeah. They're late. And this week, we the Pac-12. If you're a Pac-12 football fan, you're gonna have to get your DVR popping because all the games are within about from three to seven thirty. So you got a four-hour window with all the games starting. That sucks. Yeah. There's only like there's only like five games on this week for the there's Pac-12. A, there's a lot more this week. Is there? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like it. I know we're kind of we're tied with uh, Fox and ESPN and that's still considered prime time, I guess, but nobody's finishing those games outside of the team, the fan bases that like them. If it were anybody else other than UW, I'm not staying up to 11 o'clock to finish that game. Yeah. I admittedly, I'm an idiot. I have a couple times, but I've regretted it. <laughs> so how about Brock Heward? You know, what's funny is I almost put that on my word association. Oh, I guess we can talk about it now. I'm glad I didn't because <laughs> totally unbiased and probably my favorite TV personality. I thought he was awesome. I saw some somewhere, some guys were like, well, Brock Heward, shut up. He just keeps talking. I'm like, that's his job. Yeah, like he literally is paid to talk during the game. Yeah, he's a color commentator. He informs. That's what he's supposed to do. He's so smart. Oh, gosh. He really he's is. so he's so intelligent about the game. And what I love about him is that he will give anybody from any team their the respect that they deserve. He has a really positive mind demeanor about him, where he's positive on everybody. Um, he also, you know, he's not a fan like you or I. So like he's he likes WSU. He you know he has relationships with all those guys, Ryan Leaf, but he talks about everybody and 
in their positive light. And I like that about him. Yeah. And, and the football knowledge that comes out of that guy, it's just fun to listen to. Yeah. And I also, you know, after the, uh, the debacle with Jim Mora, when he, uh, when, when Brock kind of questioned what was going on with, um, with his quarterback, he kind of was like, I don't, I wouldn't put much stock in what Brock Heward says. It's like, dude, you are a dead man walking. Just yeah. get, get off of my TV screen. And now if, he's a commentator, so, you know, whatever. If uh, if there's one guy that does know what he's talking about, it's Brock Heward. Absolutely. And all he said was that all the NFL scouts are seeing that he is not playing anymore and that he's kind of sulking on the sidelines. And, you know, it obviously – he was right because he dropped in the draft to where his talent said he should have been. Yes. So, whatever. Okay, I got in the next one for you. Ready? Adolf Coors? Coors? Adolf Coors? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that was Mr. Coors' first name. Really? Yeah. Adolf Coors. Yeah. Look it up. Google it. I probably should have known that. Yeah. They should. Why did they name it Coors instead of Adolf? Adolf Light? But at the same time... People are people went by their last names, not their first names, you know. Like I mean, I, I go by my first name. In an official capacity, you'd be Mr. Grant. Sure. And and if you made a company, would you call it Jake Shoes or Grant Shoes? I wouldn't call it either. What would you call it? Ah oh, man. Shack Disincorporated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What would you call your shoe company? Uh, Starberry. <laughs> I'd probably like, I'd probably put like, I'd have like Rough Rider shoes. Oh, jeez, <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> okay, hit me with another word. Pass rush. Man, for the first time all year, Potawa, you actually got to the quarterback. They had two tackles for loss. Yeah. I just missed the mark on three sacks, didn't I? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. None of neither of them were sacks. They were. They were no, I think the, I think Poto I got one, didn't he? We had zero sacks on the game. Oh wow, that's surprising. A lot of a lot of hurries, tackles in the backfield, but no official sacks. Huh. My last one, slow pitch softball. <laughs> Dingers, dude. Right now, I am a free agent, and if there's anybody listening in Vancouver that has a slow-pitch softball team, I can play anywhere. That's not true. He's mediocre. No, I'm not. You, stop you should probably put him in the right field. You stop that right now. <laughs> it was one time we were on a softball team together, and he played center field, and the shortstop was a pitcher that got drafted by the Blue Jays. I don't remember. I don't like that story. Are you trying to talk about when I tried to throw somebody out at first? Yes. Yeah. How old was I? I was like 20-something. And then you got yelled at, and then you peed yourself. It's not true. <laughs> okay. You, is, that your, is that your last word association? It is now. And, yes, that was five. Okay. Do I get to go, like, right after you this week? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, Tanner Mangum. Like 30? <laughs> like 30? 
Yeah, he's like 30 years old, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty old. Hey, man, they're playing good football, though. Yeah. Like, at the beginning of the year, did you not just skip over the BYU game? You were like, oh, that's a win. Like, all of a sudden, now it's like, well. And it's like, yes, a win over a ranked opponent. I still think we're going to kill him. But you yes. think we're going to kill him? Uh, it might not show on the scoreboard, but it's going to be like one of those games. We'll get into it. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, Oregon Ducks. Mm, scary? Ah, I thought you were going to say cooged it. No. I already used it. Yeah, and I'm you a don't... little worried about that game now. I know. They actually do look all right. I don't like that they have a bye week and then we go to them. Uh, I know it. Road trip. Not I a know. Even though it's basically a bye, we're going down to UCLA. Uh, <laughs> um, Oregon almost out Stanford. Stanford. I know. They just can't hold on to the ball, man. He doesn't reach out. He goes down. They win that game because it was third and one. And even if they had to punt, Stanford would have had to go the length of the field. Yeah, there's no way Stanford – there's no way Stanford moves that ball that that much. No, but, you know, coaches learn that. You know, you remember the uh, the Arizona game that Washington had won Chris Peterson's first year, and that guy that ended up playing for Washington long enough to get his freaking doctorate because he got hurt so much. Um, Running back? Yeah. That um, went to San Diego State? Yeah, yeah, after his 18 years at Washington. Yeah, yeah. Um, he fumbled the ball even if we could have just knelt, knelt, and punted and they would have had something like 15 seconds left on the clock, and we won. And that was that, you know, coaches have to learn that, and that's, you know, that's what Cristobal has to take from that, and that's what he has to talk to his team about, that, you know, they can't stop fighting, and he will get better at his job. Yeah, at some point, don't you just have to put the – the, the, don't you have to put the bulk of the work on your defense? Especially you know, in that case, yeah. Yeah, like you have a defense, trust it. Yeah, but what you don't trust, and the scariest part of that is the punt. Yeah, I, I mean, mean the long snap. Their their center. Well, I guess the, I don't know about their long snapper. <laughs> you know, there's a chance it gets blocked. You saw what happened to Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was so all good. the guy had to do was just fall down instead of trying to do like like a, ninja <laughs> a, a, a ballerina kick. Yeah, like, that was so fun. That's what goes through a coach's head. And, yeah. But you got – I mean, I agree with you. I would – and he would agree with you that's what he'll do next time. Or Chris Peterson tells Jake Browning to just well, run backwards for a minute and then go down. Why don't you Why don't you do the Browning quarterback punt? Oh, I love that. that I, that's one of my favorite plays. I wish – we haven't seen it yet this year. No, we haven't. We'll get to it, hopefully. What's okay. Bowl game. Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. That's where we're going. That's where I want to go. Are we going if we go to the Rose Bowl? Yes. You promise? Yes. Okay. Man, I don't know if I can promise that. But, yes, I plan on going. Okay. Uh, Key Arena. Supersonics. (laughs) Did you hear that they passed that law? They did. Yeah. Uh, it's a little too late because we don't have a team, but I am kind of excited to. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I'm excited to have hockey, professional hockey in Seattle. Yeah, uh, I think cool. that it's number one. It's going to be cool because that just we're a we're a major city, 
And if when we get the NFL or the NHL and the NBA will be one of just a handful of uh, cities that has all of the major sports. And I think that's something that uh, Seattle should boast about a little bit. Um, and I heard NHL games live are amazing. So I will, I will go. We will go. I'm down. Okay. And last one. Fourth and inches. A Husky podcast. That's your word? I what do you want me to say? Like I like it? Goat? Like Oh jeez. <laughs> I think I think we need more than seven listeners to get there. <laughs> Two of them are cougars. Yeah. No, we lost them. We had nine. Oh yeah, dang it. We got BYU coming up. They're big, they're ugly, they're gonna try to muck up the game. Uh are they good though? I mean they're ranked. Yeah, and that's fine, but are they good? I mean, they're ranked. I mean, you keep saying that, but they they beat a garbage ASU team. Or uh, Arizona team. I was going to say, the, the, the ASU team that we just struggled against, but yeah. No, they just beat the Arizona. They beat Wisconsin, dude. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. So um, they are good. Yes, they are good. They beat a uh, a good Big 12 team that is a muddy up the field team, but they lost a cow, and it wasn't the score wasn't didn't show how dominant cow was for most of that game. And yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I mean they've already beaten two Pac 12 teams. It doesn't matter that or sorry they beat one Pac 12 team. They beat a top a five team. They beat a top five team. You have to, I mean, and then they played McNeese State, which you can just discredit that. Right. Um, you have to give them credit because out of the power five opponents that they played, they beat in a top five team. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, you're probably right. I still think Washington uh, is a better team. They can, they can bump uglies like, uh, like B- BYU wants to. I still, I still think Washington has a pretty good edge, and I think that they're going to end up walking away with this win, uh, not necessarily convincingly on the scoreboard, but in all of our hearts. I, uh, you know, I just think it's funny that everybody keeps talking about Washington's cupcake schedule, even with playing Auburn. Oh, they're not saying that anymore. Yeah, two two of the three games are now ranked. Right. Yeah, we have one of the toughest schedules in the nation, and it's really, really fun, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I'm. I like this a lot more, especially if we keep winning. So I did see really something really funny on line where some guy said, "Hey, looking for a few tickets for my BYU friend and all of his wives." <laughs> It's kind of a low blow, but it's kind of funny. It was, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a stereotype. It's funny. I it like is, it. yeah. All right, let's get into week five of the Pac-12 schedule. Uh, on Friday, we have UCLA traveling to Colorado. Colorado is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Jake Holy cow. That's, uh, I'm going to take Colorado. As did I. Oh, uh, last week, we both went two-and-two. We picked two the same, we picked two different, and we uh, split. Um, I won the WSU game by one point. Gosh, I was so – oh, man, I was so irritated. 
You took Arizona while I took Oregon State. I lost that one. You won that one. We both lost the Washington. You lost game. the Oregon State one miserably. Yeah, shut up. I wasn't. I I really was a believer in the Beaver, and I was wrong. <laughs> uh, we both wa- lost the Washington game, uh, and then we both picked the Stanford one correct, but barely. Yeah, but barely. Yep. All right, next we get to Saturday, 3 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. I think this is actually a really cool game that they have on the Pac-12 Network. It's Utah at Washington State. Utah is favored by a point. Jake? Utah. I don't like that we're picking the same, but I guess if I pick the same as you for the rest Stop. of the year, I Stop get the jersey. I, I literally have these written before you go. Mine are already picked. Okay, we might have to revisit that depending on how. I'm sure we're going to get different. This one, this one's a crazy one. 4:30 on NBC. Number seven, Stanford at number eight, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is favored by five and a half. Jake. Notre Dame's favored by five and a half, and it's in Notre Dame. Yes. <sighs> Man. I haven't seen Notre Dame play this year. I watched about a quarter. Did you? What'd you think? Um, I mean, they they ended up taking care of like Georgia Tech pretty handily. And they're five and a half point favorites. Yeah, I'm going to take Notre Dame. Okay, well, I took Stanford, so there we go. There's a difference. Okay, okay, good. And it's not because I'm a uh, I'm an expert on Notre Dame. Okay, the next one. 7 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network, Oregon State at Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State is favored by 21 and a half. Whoa. I know. Oregon State, man. You're, you're a Beaver believer? No, but 21 points is a lot of points. So you're going with the Beavs? I'm going to go with the Beavs. They burned me last week, and I am nothing but a scorned lover, so I'm going Owned. with Oregon State. Owned. No, yeah, I dude, I they broke my heart. Okay, so you're going with Arizona State. I am. Okay, good. Um, now that next we have <laughs> number 19 Oregon traveling to number 24 Cal. Oregon is favored by two and a half. We're gonna take Oregon. All right, I have Cal. I think that that loss is a sad one. They have to turn around, play another late game at Cal. Cal has got a good defense. I'm going with Cal. Uh, I mean, you don't think Oregon's going to come out pissed off at the fact that they blew that game and just give it to Cal, who they're better than? I think they're either going to lay an egg or they're going to beat them big. Yeah. So I think – uh, so that means it's going to be a close game because I don't know. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think they're either going to lay an egg, blow them out, or it's going to be a close game. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great job, dude. Yeah. And I'm back to my John Madden ways. Exactly. There you go. All right. 730 ESPN2. You have Arizona, uh, USC traveling to Arizona. USC is favored by three. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm doing this. I think Khalil Tate breaks out. Dude, I have the same thing. Dang it. Yep. So right now we've only disagreed on two. Uh, we have disagreed on one, two, three. 
Oh, we have. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to take the lead after this week. I I hope not. We might disagree on this one, too. We'll see what you say. So next up, 530, Big Fox Network. We have number 20, BYU, traveling to number 11, UW. UW is favored by 17 and a half. 17 and a half over BYU? Yep. I told you, dude. Uh, they think we are really good. Oh, man. BYU is overrated. It's at home. Yeah, it's at Husky Stadium. Um, oh, man. Oh, that's tough. I mean, we were 14-point favorites over Arizona State. 17. 17 over Arizona State? Yep. I'm going to take BYU. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I did, too. Uh, <laughs> Dang it. We both think Washington is going to win the game. Yes, I don't. I don't think that BYU – I don't even think they're going to be close, but 17 is a lot of points to cover. It is, and Washington has gone really vanilla once they get to lead, and they've been sitting on teams. Yes. So I could see this uh, – I could see this as a – one of the easiest 10-point wins, 14 maybe, but 17 and a half, that means they have to score 18 points. That's another score. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's that's well, and like you said, I mean we we've kind of just been sitting on the rock. You know, we moved the ball really really well against Arizona State. Yeah. We just didn't put the ball in the end zone. Exactly, and that's I mean, seven points is a lot more than three. And when you mm-hmm. when you keep getting three, you know that's how you don't cover. So yeah. All right, who's your MVP on the offensive side for Saturday? I am going to say. It's time for our somebody else to step outside the box for our wide receivers. Fuller and Ty Jones cannot keep carrying the load. And this would be a really good game to get somebody else into a rhythm. Who is it? Pachelia. <laughs> did, I, did I not say – did you not hear me? No, I just did. Oh, man. That's it's got to be. It has to be. It has to be Pachelia, man. Somebody else has to step up. Okay, since we're on a trend of going uh, with maybe some sleepers, I'm going to go Kate Otten. Um, I think he'll have – it won't look super good, but I bet you he has five catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. That's not a bad day, man, not for a tight end. I mean, you've seen it so far. We we haven't really used our tight ends a whole lot. We haven't really used any receiving threats outside of Ty Jones and Will Fuller. Right, yeah. I mean, tight ends are catching the ball. Drew Sample's catching a couple of games, and, and Kate Otten had himself a nice game yesterday. Uh, but the uh, the tight ends are really uh, road grading. They're, they're, they're doing what Washington tight ends are asked to do, and they're blocking well. Did you hear on Softy, I can't remember who said it, said that we don't have the receiving core of 2016? I mean, I agree. I don't know if I do. I think Ty Jones is going to be a better player than any receiver 2016 had. No. Including. Including John Ross. You there? Uh, yeah, I'm flabbergasted. How could Ty Jones, 
makes way better catches. He doesn't have the speed that John Ross does, and I get it in college. That's great. But I think Ty Jones is such a better, well-rounded receiver than John Ross is. John Ross could just fly past anybody, and that's great. And he did – I love John Ross, and I clearly you love him more than anybody in the entire world. But I think – I think Ty Jones has the the full package. He's quick. He's tall. He's got phenomenal hands. He's got phenomenal footwork. The guy could be the best receiver that we will see in in the next 20 years. The guy's awesome. Aaron Fuller is a <laughs> phenomenal receiver. Yeah. I I would take I would take Fuller and Ty Jones, both of them over Dante Pettis. I'm I I can't do this. Are you serious? Yes. Dude, Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis. Don't tell me he's a great punt returner. That's a dumbass argument. I, that's not what I said. I know, but that's where you were gonna no. go. No, Dante Pettis was an athletic freak who was the perfect complement to John Ross in 2016. Did, did you see what he did his senior year without John Ross? No, neither neither did anybody hurt. else. Neither did anybody else. Ty Jones is getting bracketed, and he's still making phenomenal touchdown catches. No, who who's yes. on the other side? Who was on the other side of Dante Pettis in 2017 that was worth anything? Aaron Fuller, not as good as junior year Aaron Fuller. Also, he was injured. This this is. We're never going – I clearly we're never going to figure this out because and this, I think – This is the end of the fourth and inches of Husky Fan podcast as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. <laughs> we, did we just become on best friends? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to like meditate on what you're saying. For I bet you were going to say cleanse your soul. <laughs> that might, I might have to go sit in a warm shower for a couple hours just to try to contemplate what you're saying. That's fine. Oh, man. You're... Hot, ta- hot take, big guy. I like it. I mean... It gets the people going. <laughs> we're all entitled to our opinion, right? I, You know what? And you are. And I respect it. And people might think I'm dumb for it, but I just... Something about Ty Jones, man, I just think he's something special. And I think he's just going to get better and better. I mean, I guess I hope you're right because that means good things for the program. Yeah. But it means that I have to swallow my pride. And I don't like that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I got a big ego. Do you have a uh, defensive MVP? Are you going to copy and paste this from last week's episode? I mean, <laughs> is it I, Greg Gaines? Probably. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Looks like a kid that was on my baseball team. Hi, Caleb. He his head doesn't fit in the helmet. He busts through double teams. He gets tons of tackles, even though that the defensive line is keying on him. He's the best player in the world. I mean, at some point, we're gonna lose our four listeners because they know that you're just gonna pick great games and just gonna turn it off with after an hour. Yeah, like you need you need to pick somebody else. On that note, How about I'm going to pick <laughs> on that note, I'm going to pick Miles Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> I just got like a huge head rush.
That was pretty good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ooh, that one came out of left field. That was good, wasn't it? That one gave me the meat sweats. <laughs> I got the meat sweats. Well, that'll do it for fourth and inches of Husky Podcast. Go dogs. Go dogs.